producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Taxi Squad. So many things to get into today from the Vikings getting a win over the weekend and advancing to 7-1, and one, the Timberwolves being as hmm. underperforming and underwhelming as possible, at least in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it. <laughs> we'll get to that and later. The wild. So, so much to get into today. But first, before we do, we have to introduce the band. I, the voice you hear, is Artist Woods. Some of you hate me now, and that's okay. I love that. (laughs) I'm joined by my two brothers, AJ Fredrickson and Jason Stormer. How you guys feeling today? Well, I feel like a brother right now, and I'm feeling that love, and you're a Philly fan. I'm feeling that brotherly love right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so sweet of you. Hey, just because... Couple people call you a clown on Facebook. Doesn't mean the world's out to get you and people hate you now, artists. They're just teasing you a little bit because you were wrong in your prediction. You picked Washington over the Vikings, my man. I definitely did. And I had confidence in Taylor Heineke, but my brother here, AJ Fredrickson, told me from the jump (laughs) there was zero, zero, zero chance that the Vikings would win or would lose that game. And I should have listened. And the thing is, you picked the Vikings originally, did you not? I did. And And then I did this whole, I did the whole analogy thing about the knife comparison and there's a 0.0% chance even the only thing I didn't foresee was the referee handing on a silver platter yes here you go Curtis Samuel here's a touchdown here's a touch I'll just take out Cam Bynum no big deal I'll I'll just get him out of the way walk in the end zone um even with that 0.0 I was not I I wasn't sweating it whatsoever 17 to 7 going into the fourth quarter no not it you know why because the man in purple, the noon nightmare, Kurt Cousins. <laughs> All right, Macadac, take it the easy. Noon, the noon nightmare. <laughs> uh, I mean, Look, Kurt, Kurt go chains. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my, my man is feeling him. Put that stuff on. Yeah, put that stuff on. Yeah, the AB dance. Oh my gosh, Just Kurt, the best. Dripping Kirk, wet. Kirk is feeling himself. Yes, Kirk is feeling himself. I don't. I, I I would love to know, and this is like a we're never gonna get this answer. Yeah, I would love to know from Kirk's wife and like maybe his family. Like, <laughs> have you seen Kirk this loose ever? Seriously, mm, yeah, ever. It, this it, it's honestly like a like the traditional like teen movie where they take the the kind of socially awkward kid, like you know he's got the pocket. Uh, the pocket protector, and he's at the trapper keeper, his TI-84 calculator, and yeah. he's got the glasses, and it's like, nerds. And then they're like, the it's the montage. They take him to the mall. He tries on all these clothes, and they shake their head, no, not that one. And then he comes out eventually, and it's just like, dripping. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. dripping. Yeah. This guy is feeling himself. He's got an aura. He's glowing. <laughs> nothing can stop Kirk right now. Yeah. Nothing can stop Kirk. No, nothing yeah. at all. This is the loose, most loose I've ever seen him. Like, it started with the Derisaw chain and the white tee a couple weeks ago, and it has just evolved into some kind of beast that is just uncontrollable and untamable right now. You are not going to stop Kirk Cousins by any means necessary right now. It goes on Pat McAfee saying how strapped he is. Eight-pack abs, too. <laughs> My goodness. I forgot. This guy, this I, is a whole new Kirk Cousins. For- and here's the greatest, here's the crazy thing about all this. 
His statistics are actually down for the most part. He is normally at a 100 QBR. He's hovering at like an 89 or 90 right now. It is so amazing that Kirk is actually playing below par normally for his career, Mm -hmm. but he is being braced like we've never seen before. And you know why? Because winning cures all. Seven and one is fun. And these plane rides are just a huge exemplification of that. It looks like so much fun to be on. KOC even said that, man, I'm just sitting in the back of the plane. I'm letting those guys do whatever (laughs) they got to do. Like we're the coaches. We're just trying to like rest up. Like that's their thing. But yeah, we, we can hear those guys turning basically those, those planes into nightclubs on these, uh, on these rides home. It's so cool. And it feels like Kirk's at the center of it. And that's never really been the case with this Vikings team before. It's so much fun. It's a beautiful thing to see. He's having fun at the end of day, I think football, sports in general, it should be about having fun. Obviously, it's about wins and losses. Obviously, it's about the money aspect and, you know, everything else that comes with it, right? But if you're having a good time, oftentimes that will result in wins. And you've seen the Vikings now, week after week, just on a plane ride home or after a home game, just having a good time. Their, their locker room is much better. We're not even in it, and you can tell from the outside looking in. It's much better than it's been in years. Mm-hmm. And even with Kirk Cousins, like you said, not putting up the normal numbers that he's accustomed to, it doesn't matter no. because they're winning. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see him act like that, even though his numbers aren't the same as they once were, because there's a lot of people out there that believe that Kirk is all about getting his numbers. So to see him not care about that because they're winning football games is a beautiful thing to see. I've heard a nickname come out for Kirk Cousins. I forgot where I heard it, mm-hmm. so don't quote me. But no, okay. the nickname was uh, Little Cousins Kirk. Little Cousins Kirk. <laughs> Little Cousins Kirk. That, was the, that was the name with all the chains on. I like that. I couldn't do anything but laugh. I like Nothing that. but laugh. But it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. yeah. With, with the decline in stats, it's the classic don't judge a book by its cover. Yes. And I think this has been the, the main conversation point in Kirk's tenure, not only just with his time in Minnesota, but just for his career, was he's got the stats, and so it's not his fault, and blah, blah, blah. But but on the other side of things, you have people like, for instance, uh, Mackie and John Declan, who have been, I you know, some would say maybe the most critical of him yes. um, in Minnesota media, are saying... <laughs> But he doesn't have that the the what what's the t- in, intangibles, intangibles yeah the intangibles mm-hmm. he doesn't ha- like you know it's the classic um like baseball thing where it's like the guy's got the, he's got it he's got it you know the yeah, clutch gene exactly yeah. you got the stats and everything but you can just look at a guy and you see it and we haven't we haven't seen that and so now you've got the flip side where his numbers are relatively mediocre to above average less than what we've seen because before if you look at just numbers this guy is phenomenal Mm -hmm. but now we're getting less of that and more of the it we're getting the intangibles we're getting the wins we're getting the late game drives and i and the the turning point that has fully sold it for me now was end of the first half they take a shot to justin jefferson deep and he throws a pick I am. F- I love that he threw a pick there. You know why? Because he had the courage and the the free will, the 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 trust in the rest of his teammates and the game plan and the backing of his coaching staff and the trust in his star receiver to say, "Hey, we're gonna throw it up because I trust you." I don't think Kirk a year ago does that. They're gonna dump it off to C.J. Ham in the flat for a four yard gain, trying to get out of bounds and maybe kick a field goal late. No, we're gonna take a shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I don't care. 
I would rather you, if even if I know 95% of the time that's going to be an interception in that exact situation, I want you to chuck it up. Mm-hmm. I want yep. you to chuck it up. Just keep doing that because that shows that we've turned the page from from Kirk Cousins to Lil Cousins Kirk. <laughs> right. There that's, that's what I like to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and if you think about the game plan and all that too, Washington wouldn't have had nearly enough time to go down and even probably get a field goal attempt. So even if you do give a turnover deep in your own territory, so what? You're going into locker room. It, there was only what like what 16 seconds left or something in that play anyway. So there, yep. big deal. Um KOC actually did confirm in press conferences saying, "Yeah, I was totally fine with the fact that Kirk did throw an interception there. We're we kind of wanted to take a shot downfield. We knew that, you know, Washington probably wasn't going to get a chance to score anyway. We we're going to go into locker room. So there you go. So that's even confirmation from the coach himself that there's a lot in give and take with these stats for Kirk. But if we're talking about stats, guys, I do want to talk about one stat in particular, and it's from the brand-new guy, Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Nine receptions? His very first game? Look, I mean, it's pretty rare for NFL players to be heavily involved in their very first games after they get traded. Uh, This guy really just literally hit the ground running. And one very underrated thing that I want to talk about here is, I believe um, Kevin Seifer wrote the story on this, was that uh, it was basically a rundown of how Hawkinson was able to learn this playbook so fast and why he was able to have success here for the Vikings. And a very underrated thing that I think people should take into account here is who is on the roster beyond Kirk Cousins in the quarterback room for the Vikings. Also, David Blau, a guy that we signed to the practice squad after we uh, moved on from Kellen Mond and uh, Sean Mannion. Uh, David Blau played a couple years there in Detroit, worked with Hawkinson a ton, and these guys met in extra hours, even like on Saturday night, the night before the game in the hotel, to go over the playbook. So Hawkinson, beyond just the help that he had from just the regular Vikings coaches and quarterbacks like Kirk, he also had David Blau in there, and I think that may be a very underrated reason why he had this monster game when players don't typically have Monster games, their very first games when they get traded. I mean, he was only here for four days and he had a game like that. And man, if we can rely on that for the rest of the season, which I think we're going to be able to, because Washington's a pretty good defense anyway as it is, no matter who they're still missing, like Chase Young. Holy cow. That's exciting stuff. Really is. Yeah, TJ, he is top six, top seven in his position easily. Like, we said this last episode. I think we even said, like, I don't think he's going to struggle to get in here and learn the system. And Kirk Cousins, like many other quarterbacks, they love their tight ends. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect security blanket. And to upgrade to to TJ Hawkinson from Irv Smith Jr. is a pretty solid upgrade at the position. And like I said before, he's going to open up so many other windows for other players on his roster to catch the football. But... When all those fails, TJ, nine, nine times out of ten, is going to be open. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson now, nine times out of ten, is going to be open. And it just unlocks the offense to another level. The offense did kind of start off slow in this game, and it was kind of iffy. But the way they were able to turn it up in the fourth quarter, putting up 13 points, yeah. forcing Taylor Heineke into a late interception to kind of seal the deal and get a touchdown up on the board. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. You talk about TJ Hawkinson, I'll say this. I was very critical, and I have been very critical of this Minnesota Vikings defense, specifically the the passing defense, the secondary. And they were special. 
They were special in this game against Washington. Granted, it was against Taylor, Taylor Heineke, but you guys know how I felt about Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I think Taylor Heineke is a solid backup that can get some wins. Yeah. He can manage a game. He can have games without turnovers, and he almost did this game up until the end. But at the end of the day, I think he's a decent quarterback in the NFL. You know, I think he can win you a football yeah. game. And this defense showed up in a way that I didn't think it would on the road against a Washington team that could have won this football game, especially in the fourth quarter. Oh, they so should have won this football game, too. Exactly. They should have closed that out. They really should have. They, they should have closed <laughs> the game out. It was the game besides the 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 referees touchdown. <laughs> Right. That shouldn't have been a touchdown. The game kind of went along with what I thought would happen. I figured the Washington defense would be solid. I figured they would struggle a bit. Um, the Vikings defense that is with Washington. And I figured it would be what it was. But while I was there watching the game, I got the feeling that, no, they're going to come back and win this game. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are probably the most resilient team in the league. And I think at this point, wow. it's about time that we give them that. Like, I, the way they win football games is not always going to be pretty. That's obvious. Like every game has not been pretty, pretty much. Besides, <laughs> probably the Packer game. Yeah, no game has been pretty. And even you can nitpick things about that game, but they're finding ways to win football games, and that's really all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. So my thing is huge kudos to the defense for stepping up. Mm-hmm. Huge kudos to Kirk Cousins for closing it out. Obviously, T.J. Hawkinson for nine receptions. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions for 115 yeah. yards in the they early got in the touchdown. end zone, yes. So, finally. Been a while, JJ. Hey, they finally landed in the end zone there. They got the job yeah. done in a game where, you know, the schedule's going to get thicker, so that was a game that they had to have. Even though I think they'll win some of these some of these games mm-hmm. against better opponents, uh, I think it was a game that they had to have, and they did what was necessary to get the win, for sure. So the Vikings point differential per quarter. I'm going to read this off to you guys. In the first quarter, it's a plus 15. In the second, it's a plus 17. In the third, it's a minus 30, uh, 33. Left to be desired there. In the fourth, a plus 33. Yep. These guys come to play, according to this at least, exactly when it matters most. Down. There is a clutch gene here that wasn't here last year because, artists. I'm sorry, the Vikings teams of the last couple years, I don't see them pulling out a game like that. Well, in a couple, uh, like a couple days ago, I really like if that if that were Mike Zimmer team, I don't know. Like last year, it just didn't seem like a ten point lead in the fourth quarter would be something that last year's Vikings would be able to surmount. But there's just something about the way that Kevin O'Connell is just inspiring this group, particular Kirk Cousins. Because you know what, can't be uh, without being said that Kirk took a beating in this game just I thought when he took that one hit where he didn't get up for a minute I thought he broke a rib because the 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 defensive player came right into his like rib cage like there and he was down he was kind of like grabbing his torso a little bit he was he was just stroking the strap dabs that's all he was doing he was just (laughs) like nah I'm good I'm just feeling these things because I have them and man I wish I had them too I wish I had a single pack (laughs) to be honest with you but I like Taco Bell too much uh anyway uh yeah it's I wouldn't know anything about that (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, <laughs> we wish we were in as good uh, shape as Kirk Cousins. But yeah, yes. there's just something about, and you know what? It is pretty fun. Like the Vikings have been posting a lot, and they do, they usually did this after wins anyway. They'd show the uh, coach's speech in the locker room after games. And Zimmer did a pretty good job, in my opinion, after wins, getting that team kind of fired up after victories. Like I thought, you know, in the, actually the grand scheme of things, Zimmer was good at like the speech part of being a head coach and like maybe, like, maybe, like, maybe not locker room intangibles and like actually like being a nice person for the most part but in terms of just like hey everybody here we go let's go play football Zimmer actually think was pretty good at that KOC is that but he is everything else too and it just 
We're seeing it with a 7-1 and one record. We're seeing this with a resilient football team. We're seeing it with a fourth quarter plus 33-point differential. Now, again, I want that third quarter. I want the third quarter to be a little bit better, too, um, because they're still coming out of the half a little bit uh, slow a little bit. I mean, they came out of this entire game a little bit slow. slow. A lot of, again, a lot of three and out still. I guess we can still nitpick a little bit with this game, too. Um, I was happy Greg Joseph made all his kicks, though, even yeah. though he didn't really have any too hard of ones. Anyway, well, he's missing so. extra points before, so I mean, yep. I mean, you, you take what you can get yep. for sure. But, but yeah, until I, he starts actually costing you something, it's I, I'm not going to worry about it. Exactly, and like the thing is, I think they were just they were due for this type of season after what happened last year. So many hmm. games came down to the stretch. I can't even say that you know the Vikings would have packed it in last year because they didn't. Like a lot of times, they would come back and be in games and you know be in games late in the fourth quarter and. There was a game-winning drive by the opposing team or there was a game-winning turnover by us or, you know, whatever the case may be, it was always something that just went wrong at the end. And this year, it's the complete opposite. It is the complete opposite. Like I said, I just think they they were due for a bounce-back year where, okay, (laughs) a lot of these close games, now they're going to win these close games. Mm -hmm. They're better coached. They're playing with a different type of fire, a different type of energy. They have TJ now, so that brings an extra punch on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is able to create turnovers now, as we can see. They're playing with so much more swag, so much more yeah. swag, so much more pizzazz. Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can see it. It oozes out on the field. And like I said, the resiliency, down 17-7 to in the fourth quarter. You find a way to pull that out on the road. It's one thing to do it in Minnesota. It's another thing to do it on the road against a team that was 500 going into this football game. That's solid. Right. That's very solid. Um, I'm, dude. You know they're gonna get Kirk his own chain too. Oh, he, the, they, the he, players they are to, gonna yeah. pull in they some money to. and they are gonna just get him. I can't. Even, what is it gonna even be? What did you guys guess a Kirk Cousins chain would be? I wanted to just be th- th- those stakes that he put on his Instagram a couple oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> those kidney looking yeah. things or whatever? Yeah, just, just yeah. a giant one of those. Just a hunk of metal that's just got diamonds and gold all over it. Um, no, I would I would say you probably get a p- part of me. Part of me says get him a clock, mm. and then just put the time noon, like high uh. noon. But that but that's a little too mean. In, in reality, it's probably just going to be funny. something like it's going to be a K and a C, and it's going to be intertwined like the Twins logo. If that yeah. makes sense, like they got to fit in. Yeah. You like that somewhere? Ooh, with no, that's that probably be a, that, yeah. It would probably be like that. Be, yeah, yeah. Got to be somewhere in there. But, iced out. But say so he has like a transit van too, so they could like do like a chain of its transit van or something like yeah. that. I, I don't know, but it's got to be. It's got to be that phrase. You like that. For sure, gotta be. For sure, it, it has to be. Oh, and I hope they don't. Uh, I hope they don't spare any dimes either. I hope they go yes. all out. You know they will too. But I, I have to spend just a hot moment talking about this because this bothers me in all sports. Mm. Um, at least the sports that I watch. The when the referees get involved in plays and they cost teams points, touchdowns, um, three point shots, fast break, whatever the case may be. I don't understand why there isn't a rule in place. That says if something like that happens, you have to replay the down. Or if something like that happens, you just have to re the in basketball. Okay, you know, inbounds the ball. The, the team who who had possession of the basketball, they just inbounds. You know, at the baseline or inbounds work. You know, I, I just I don't understand why that's something that happens and they just let it go. Hey, oh, what it happened? Sorry, we gave. Sorry, we helped the other team score a touchdown. <laughs> We, sorry, yeah. but the touchdown counts. You guys didn't touch him, so the <laughs> touchdown like that 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 bothers me because that 
The Minnesota in that on that play to Curtis Samuel, he was triple covered. Yep, three Minnesota Vikings defenders by Curtis Samuel, and they were able to get that that pass off for a touchdown. Should have been his second interception of the day. AJ brought it up off the air. I'm saying it on air. Should have been his second interception, um, or the first. Yep. But would ultimately been have been two, two straight game. weeks of a Smith and a Bynum interception. It's, it's they had two last. Each of them had one last week. Each of them should have had one this week. It should have been. And it's and I, I just I don't understand why there's nothing in place in any. And not again. Sure. I don't know what's in in place specifically in baseball or in hockey or in soccer because I don't watch those sports obviously as heavily as I do football basketball. But I know in football basketball they don't do anything. They, yeah. they it's just like hey it happened. And it's like yo like there's no way if the Vikings lose that game by a touchdown, every Vikings fan, every Vikings player, the Vikings organization has the right to be livid because they didn't give up a touchdown. The literal referee did. Mm-hmm. That that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well I know in football too like there's actually times where players even use like receivers will use referees as screens. Yeah. Like I know Adam Thielen went on the record this week. I can't remember who it was with, um, but he actually like somebody asked him, yeah, don't you like sometimes even maybe use like referees as, in like pick situations and stuff like, yeah, actually sometimes I do. So there are certain advantages that can be had when referees are in the field, but this guy was just way out of his place. He should have been way behind them. He should have been like, Damn near in the back of the end zone, pretty much. I don't know what he was doing there. It literally looked like he was trying to tackle Cam Bynum. It, looked, it looked like he was trying to run out. I don't know if his momentum was just carrying him too much forward, but he didn't even attempt to like just get on the ground or slide or anything. Like just bail, man, bail. He it, tried to. It looked like he like, be a linebacker out there. It looked like he just lost his balance and just yeah, fell. And yeah. then it's like you so get strange. up and you know how you like cut somebody off on the road and you try not to look at them. Like you try to just yeah, it's just like oh, I'm gonna look over you. here. That's kind of like getting off of my ex. That's kind of right. It's kind of like, yeah. like what the ref did. Kind of like all right, oh, oh t- touchdown. Like are you, I, bro? He did apologize to him. He did go back and say like, hey man, like that's on me you and stuff like that. You know what the like best so like, okay. apology would have been? Replay the dang down. That's the best apology that yeah. there is. Um, I just feel like that is the that is the correct yeah, sure. way to handle that situation. You know, Even if a player is using the referee for a pick, you call pick plays on players all the time. So why not call, hey, the referee was in the play, replay the down. It doesn't have to necessarily hurt a team, but at the end of the day, if the referee is involved in a play to that magnitude, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it, it, come on now. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I know this is the case for baseball and football, and I guess in the NHL, and so, the referees are considered like the in, like they're part of the field of play. Mm. So, like they're trying to get out of the way the best they can. Like the linesman is going to get out of the way if you're coming up the uh, coming up the ice, or the the umpire is supposed to be out of the base path. Or same thing is like if you hit a if you hit a line drive right back up the middle, right. or it's going to go to the gap, but because of the base runners positioning, if it hits the ump in the arm and it just falls, tough. Right. You know, it, it's it's a slim chance of it happening, but it hit him. You just got to keep going. Same thing here, mm-hmm. because it's really one thing. The Vikings, the Vikings should have been able to allow that play the rest of the game, and they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. But even if they lose, I know a lot of people would say like, "Oh, they lost because the ref." The offense wasn't really; it wasn't firing on any cylinders. Yeah, uh, there's there's a there's quite literally a million instances in a mm-hmm. sporting event that help determine the outcome of the game. Very true. That was a more notable one, but there's quite a bit others. There's quite a bit others. Think about some of the drop passes or some of the play calls and 
you know, maybe Dalvin Cook, if he um, on a third and three, he, he only gets two yards, but if he somehow cuts uh, a foot and a half left more and hits the hole a little bit better, they extend the drive and then they go down and score and then they get more momentum and all that's it's it sucks. It's more than just, you know, it one sucks. play doesn't determine. But, but, but like, that is not what it if it's not like they went out there, blew the whistle and were like, we're just going to give these guys points. It God bless the he. I, it doesn't look like it, but I'm sure he tried to get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like he tried, yes. but I'm sure he tried to get out of the way. That's you just gotta you just gotta swallow it. Because even Cam uh, Cam Bynum was he said post game in the moment he's like, man, what are you doing? Get out of the way. And then after he he got up, he's like, hey, I get it. Because the the ref came over. Apparently, he said to him, it was like, yo, I am so sorry. Like about he, he said, I get it. You know. Yeah. You probably aren't supposed to be there, but it is what it is. Right, right, right. It happened, yeah. You just have to move on. But that's why, again, but, it's such a rare occurrence. Not to cut you off. No, you're it's fine. Like, it, it's such a rare occurrence that I feel like it should be an easy solution to to just say, let's replay the down. Like, what is, what's wrong with that? You, that's you, my thing. Then you're taking points off the board. But they shouldn't count anyway. <laughs> that's but, the problem. But, but, like, but, but if the rule is that they're part of the field of play, it, what happens if... Uh, we, what happens if you throw a pass over the middle to a cross route, crossing route, right? And Kirk's absolute line drive. This thing is a laser. Right. Just pegs the ref in the chest. Should you, I, do you say, okay, we're going to redo that? That's no. a good question. No, that's you a say, good question. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's second down. It, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, the, or it, or, but you also on the other side of things say, well, if he wasn't there, he probably would have caught the ball. So actually, it's a twenty-two yard gain because he would have probably got to here. But Right. You, you just got to go with what it is. There's too many small instances to where just for that one, you you can't turn it around and say, well, now we have to do this for this. And now it it, it implicates stuff over here. You just got to say it sucks. It happened. Now we have to move on. And it didn't cost the Vikings. Let's not forget that. It didn't cost it didn't the Vikings. Co- and it was, kind of, let's be honest, it's a fluky thing. Like, we don't that's see what, this every week. That's what I'm like, saying. Honestly, that's like, why. again. When's the last time any of us have seen a ref in this position in the NFL? I mean, sure, they're they're not full-time referees, but these guys are pretty dang good, and they take their jobs really seriously and stuff. Here's the whole X factor with all this. If we were to do a replay, or a, like replay it down, or like with this referee thing, we'd have to figure out what exactly constitute referee interference, right? So then that would well, mean we'd have to probably have this subjugated to like a review or a replay. And people are already kind of like annoyed with how much replay there is in sports. This would kind of just add to all that, don't you think? Because I, then we'd have to like go to the booth, take a look at this. Did he get in the way? Maybe. Listen. Would maybe even coaches have challenged flags for something like this? It listen, would just. It would I, only complicate things. I think. I I am going to have to agree to disagree with you guys <laughs> on this. Fair. I, I'm just because I feel like is it would be one thing if it was something that happened every game. Every like every third down of whatever it happens like, but this happens. It it's so rare that I feel like it should be, even though they're a part of the field of play. And I, I completely understand where AJ is coming from in that, and I definitely mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from as far as like reviewing it and all of that stuff as well. It's such a fluky thing that there there should be something done about it. In in my personal opinion, it's just it's so. Any, when it's what it, this is I, such a cut like, and dry and situation and like, though. And I you also know? hold on, and I also feel like. Referee interference is something that's easy to detect. In, my in this case, opinion. it is. And, and, but I think in most cases, it is. 
in most cases, it's easy to detect if a player is using a referee as a screen or as a pick. If a player, if a if a referee runs into a player, if Kirk Cousins, to use AJ's example, throws the ball and it hits the referee. I feel like all of those. I feel like it's. I feel like it's pretty blatant. And if there has to be, there you challenge everything else anyway. If there has to be, what's a challenge another flag one? Add a third one. Who cares? Throw my, another red flag. My, my, Let's do it, well. baby. That's, yeah. that's, 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 I, that's, I, I will feel better. And look, yeah, people gotcha. can disagree. You know, I'll have to disagree no. with anybody who disagrees. But at the end of the day, I just think that that is something that would. That if that happens to me as a player, as a coach, it would drive me insane. Like, and there's nothing I can do about it. Triple coverage, that's an interception. Yeah. It's like, and it didn't cost them the game, but it has cost teams games in the past. Sure. Maybe not in the NFL, and, but I know in the NBA. And you know what? The NFL's pretty good with like getting replays under review pretty quickly and getting like I wouldn't actually like criticism criticize them as being the worst. The NBA is the absolute worst because it takes 20 minutes yeah. to play the last five minutes of basketball in pretty much every single close game. It's very annoying. Um, in this case, um, I actually want to pose this question, but we got to move on to the, the the Bills game next. But I do want to pose this really quick. It pre, it seems pretty obvious eventually because they've started implementing it in even like the minor leagues, uh, robot umpires in baseball and mm. stuff like that. So it's pretty likely that you know electronic strike zones are going to be a thing in Major League Baseball. Don't know how long. You think maybe NFL, NBA, NHL could even get to the point where they would even have like automated referees or not even have bodies on the field so like a situation like this would never happen could you imagine a player arguing with a robot yeah like that's that's actually that's a that's a horse call t197 or whatever (laughs) it is yeah like i don't that's a weird i don't i don't know i would know ref bot 2001 (laughs) that's crap c3po right right like i don't know i I think i would prefer humans on the field I do like the human involvement with you know, all this. I, you know, I like the human error involved with yeah, all this. Because it, it adds, adds a little to layer sport. to it. it yeah. Exactly. That adds to sports. Like we're talking about this because this referee got in the way. Exactly. The human exactly. element is always just, you never know what might, you never know what, what we might do. Gives us something to talk about at the end of the day. <laughs> right. At the end of the day. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I'd have to see it to really just give a full like take on how I would feel about that. But just my immediate thought would be, yeah, I would prefer to have like human referees. You'd need a very elaborate camera system yeah. to be able to pull that off because those guys can get up close and they can see all this stuff. Like you're really gonna need, you know, 4K, 8K, I don't know how many Ks, but you you need literally all the <laughs> the LED HD. I don't know what you got to do. So, uh, gentlemen, do you want to preview the Bills game here coming up? Noon kickoff for the Vikings. Um, I don't even necessarily know where to begin because there's a lot of question marks about this game. Not necessarily for the Minnesota Vikings. We're pretty good to go. I'm more talking about Josh Allen and what might be going on with his elbow. Um, Is it kind of like a Tommy John thing, AJ? Did I hear it's like a UCL kind of a thing and it's something that maybe he aggravated his rookie season that's maybe coming up now? I don't know. Um, He's questionable as of right now. He's got the Q tag and... I mean, obviously, this changes a whole lot of things in the outlook of this game. I think the Vikings, maybe as of right now, if they're if Vegas is saying that he's going to uh, be playing in this game, I think the Vikings are like seven point dogs mm-hmm. right now. Um, that would swing obviously if Josh Allen isn't playing. And uh, if you haven't heard who the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills is, it is Mister Case Keenum. <laughs> 
and he'll be thrown to Stefan Diggs potentially too. So, oh my gosh, the memory is there. Uh, so yeah, what do you guys think about this potential situation? I mean, obviously we're going to pick the score eventually here. We we even talked maybe pregame uh, or before we started recording that we might have to tick, uh, pick two different scores here. One, if Josh Allen plays and one, if he doesn't. I don't know. What do you guys think about this whole situation? I haven't heard any major updates today, so we still don't know. Too much. Um, for everybody who maybe is missing out, on Monday the 7th, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network uh, reported that Josh Allen is uh, likely to be limited this week because of an elbow injury he suffered in the uh, Sunday loss Jets. Um, it's a situation to monitor rather than an ailment that would keep him out of the game. Sources say he's still undergoing tests, though. Okay. But the fact that we still don't have anything, no developments, that means they're like looking at everything possible. Which, in my experience, doesn't mean it's probably great news. Mm-hmm. Um, and to answer your question that you originally kind of posed was, Tommy, somewhat, because the way that, from my understanding, the arm-elbow joint works there, like when you throw a ball, a, a, a baseball pitcher and a NFL quarterback throw differently. It's a different mm-hmm. range of motion because one is so repetitive at times, and the other one is like you want it to last, but you want the high velocity and all that stuff. But that that joint, when you have the ball, like you have that counterweight, and so you're used to that certain weight. From the throw that he had, essentially somebody put their hand on the ball and anchored it down. So when he came through to throw like normal, his arm is expecting that counterweight exactly mm. but then you have that you you have that so much extra weight that everything it, the arm is going to just move and let it do its thing because it's, hey we've done this a million times but now it's in a completely different situation and ex- expecting one thing it's like um i don't i don't i don't even know it's imagine sticking your arms out and somebody says i'm going to i'm going to hand you a box of tissues mm-hmm. you're like okay this is easy and then they drop a 40 pound weight in your hands right you can, every most people could carry forty pounds, no problem, but you weren't expecting it that much. So the difference level, like your body's not ready for it, and now your arm has flexed so much more than it's expected to where it's hurt itself, and the joint is all messed up. Um, it's his throwing arm, exactly. It's mm-hmm. Josh Allen. I understand the Vikings and the Bills are gonna, they're gonna want to play it safe. Yeah, I know he has pretty much already been like, I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I don't think the medical staff and the coaching staff and all these other guys, I think they'd say, Josh, you can take the week off. But see, the problem in that, It's a tough game to do that, too. Yeah, see, the problem in that, though, is their division has gotten really stiff. That division is very good. You got the Dolphins who are balling. I think they're, what, 6-3. and The Jets just beat them last week. They're Mm -hmm. also 6-3. and And so, like, if there was ever a time to not be hurt, now will be that time because they lost both games. They lost to the Dolphins earlier in the season and they lost to the Jets. Those are two divisional games that they lost and that hurts down the stretch. And so, you know, obviously you want them to play if you're, you know, the coach and staff or the medical, even maybe even the medical staff or the Bills. You want him to play with the division being as tight as it is. This is a Buffalo Bills team that has expectations of being Super Bowl contenders and being mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, possibly it's 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 not beyond the realm of thought for them to lose the division this year. 
it, it is very possible with if Tua can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. They're undefeated with Tua playing, by the way. And with this Jets defense, the way that Jets defense is playing right now, offensively, they're a little challenged. But that defense, as we just saw, as we just saw, could shut somebody down. Even a team like the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. they could lose the division to either one of those teams. And Can't so that's count where out the Pats either. Gets, yeah, the I kind of count them out. I'm not gonna lie. They're competitive, but, the, but yeah. I don't. I don't see them beating out either. Those no, two. no, not not this year. My, but they'll give you a good fight. My thing about it is, it's your, it's your star quarterback. Very true. It's his throwing arm. If it was the opposite one, you know, sure, you you can protect that one a little bit. You don't want to like. It, it, this is where I'm not a doctor. I want to preface this, ladies and gentlemen listening. I am not a doctor. You're not? I'm not a medical professional. Oh. So you have to look at it as like, if he can hurt it further, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't want to take the chance. Mm -hmm. If it could hurt, but nothing else bad can happen, and he thinks I'm going to go out there and try to tough it out, and then you make the call maybe mid-game to make the switch or something like that, that's one thing. But if he can hurt it worse anymore, I would try to shut it down for the week. No matter what, because you have the Vikings who have Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith who have been getting to the quarterback. Just had a great they game. They have been hitting their strides. Zadarius Smith, he's been banged up at times, but he he he's looking like he could be like the comeback player of the year if it was easier for a defensive player to win that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is looking great. Daniil is not necessarily, I wouldn't say he's his old self, but he's looking very good. And even some of the other guys on this on that D line are, are they're doing the job. All it could take is one of them getting to the quarterback, maybe a little too much pressure for some reason. Stephon Diggs is you know he's he's covered up a couple times more than not, and all of a sudden he goes down and uh oh, now not only are you going to lose the Vikings, but now you you're going to lose all these other teams and yeah. lose the division and miss the playoffs because Darius Smith. Brought the heat to, to Josh Allen when you probably could have just gave him the week off. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, I, I'm just, I, if I'm if I was them, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the long game. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd run Case Keenum out there just just for the sake of it. And I'm not saying this is like I want the the Vikings <laughs> to face torture it. Vikings fans. No, I I. <laughs> it's a game against the Vikings. Sure, it's a, it, it's going to be either a win or a loss, but I would rather. It, be more ready for the games following that, mm-hmm. heading back into divisional play, heading back into that down the stretch, and especially in the playoffs. I would just want to take it, play it safe for this week. And maybe some people out there are like, oh, well, that's not football because you got to tough through it, rub some mud on it. No. And Josh no. Allen seems like that well, type of guy for even, sure. Even I, Sean McDermott. I hear what you're saying, though. Even Sean McDermott, the head coach, is even kind of maybe hesitant. He's even yeah. saying, like, you know, we never count him out, but, you know, the thing is right now we're – He's in the medical evaluation mm-hmm. phase right now. We're gonna. He actually said we're gonna know more by tomorrow morning, and maybe even a little bit on Wednesday. So maybe there was supposed to be some Allen news today that never came out. Um, here's the thing. So I, I hear you. Like I, I hear both your arguments. And with Josh Allen, we forget that he's their leading rusher on this team too. Yeah. Even though Devin Singletary's a, a pretty good back and didn't they just get Niam Hines too? They just traded yes. for him even yes, though I don't did. I don't believe he did much in their first game, but he just got traded to them anyway. Um getting leaving him out is actually, I mean, in terms of rushing, don't really know how detrimental that actually would be to Buffalo. So if there's a way to get him ready for this game where he's not going to throw a lot where he can potentially use his legs more, 
maybe that's what they're trying to figure out right now is like what kind of game plan can we develop for him to maybe, you know, because like I remember that's kind of how they used him when he first got onto the scene when he was a rookie. He didn't throw a ton. I mean, he was terribly inaccurate. He wasn't he had a lot of work to do and he's come up. Above and beyond in terms of a completion uh, passer. And so maybe they're just trying to obviously figure out how bad the damage is. Um, You know, obviously we know the timeline for Tommy John for baseball players. They missed damn near a whole year, if not more, from Tommy John surgery. I do not know what the timeline for a quarterback would be coming back from Tommy John surgery. This is a UCL. That is the main ligament uh, that is usually damaged um, when a major league baseball pitcher or just a player, too. Like outfielders can sometimes get Tommy John, too. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we'll see, um, in, in terms of the game itself, guys, I, I, the Vikings are, I'm just so encouraged by just how they're coming back and just making sure they're in all these games and just never giving up, just taking all these games. The The spread has changed a little bit. I did mention, I, I knew it was at like in the sevens at one point, it's now down to the fives. It's at five and a half. And if we still get no news on Josh Allen, maybe that'll go down a little bit more. Um, but you know, I'm 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 pretty encouraged that we're going to put up a good fight here. Even if Josh Allen was completely healthy, you know, going into the season, guys. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all chalk this one up as a loss anyway. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we all still might when we predict it here in a minute or two. Um, but now going into this game, man, I'm I'm pretty encouraged, especially with what I saw in that Jets game uh, with the Bills. They are vulnerable right now. They are vulnerable, and frankly. I mean, Gabe Davis is a pretty damn good wide receiver, too, but he has got a lot of Tyler Lockett in him, man. He is very boomer bust. So mm-hmm. Dawson Knox is a really good tight end, too, but frankly, this offense, at least passing, seems like it's been a little bit too much on Diggs Island lately and hasn't really diversified much of its portfolio. Um, and frankly, if Allen is, if he is playing and if he's able to throw, I would expect Diggs to be his main safety blanket in that case. It might actually be his tight end, Dawson Knox. But, you know, the the Bills can be had here, guys. The, the Bills can absolutely be had here. More so than I thought even a week ago. Yeah, the Bills can definitely be had. Obviously, Josh Allen's injury kind of shakes things up. Whether he plays through it or not, if he plays through it, mm-hmm. it's something that you got to monitor. And you would think that he won't play as well because he's playing through that injury. But mm-hmm. you never know. And you don't want to speculate too much. Um, I think... There is a bigger problem at hand potentially for the Minnesota Vikings, and that is that Buffalo Bills defense, though. This is true. And that's the thing. The Buffalo Bills defense is literally ranked fourth in the league in total defense. They're giving up 14 points a game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're they're top 10 against the run. They're top 10 against the pass. They are stout on that side of the ball. They were the number one ranked defense in all of football last year. They've dealt with a lot of injuries this year, but they're still top five. Um, And so that's something to really watch. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure – as I look through the teams that are in the top 10, I don't think the Vikings have played a team that is in the top 10 defensively besides Philadelphia um, yet this season. And have so they had Tredavious White at all, all year. I don't believe so. And he's like, he's one of the best cornerbacks in all football. He definitely is Holy when he's cow. healthy for sure. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to, to definitely watch as well, because it's not like if they trot Case Keenum out there for this game, that this game is going to be an easy cakewalk, even oh, though it's no. in Buffalo. You know, like, or not even though, but we you know, know Case comes Buffalo, to play around here, my it, man. Exactly, exactly. We know Case is a baller. And so it's even with him out there and not Josh Allen, obviously they're not a team to sleep on because of they still, for the most part, have their weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And their defense mm-hmm. is still going to, they're still going to show up and they're going to be amped. 
You know, the the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles right now are two teams I feel like that are marked in the league from the standpoint of like they have the two best records in the league. Mm-hmm. The two best records in the league. So teams are looking to knock them off at every turn. They're going to get teams' best shot at every turn. And the Buffalo Bills, again, are a team that are looking to compete for a Super Bowl. So if there was ever a time for them to attempt to send a message, it will be at home, potentially even without Josh Allen, against a team that is 7-1. and one. And so I'd be more so concerned about that defense right now than the offense mm-hmm. given Josh Allen's injury. Uh, speaking of injuries for ourselves, though, um, very unlikely Cam Dancer plays in this game dealing with, um, I believe it's an ankle issue. Yeah, He's listed as questionable now, but all indications from certain reports are that that's maybe unlikely. Dalvin Tomlinson, don't know if we'll get him back either. Even though I was pretty satisfied with the run defense uh, going uh, got, going up against uh, Brian Johnson and uh, Antonio Gibson for the Commanders, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, we're dealing with some injury bugs of our own, um, but obviously, if if Josh Allen can't go, that is the that is just the big elephant in this room. Yes. Um, let's get into some predictions, guys. How do we want to do this? Do we want to just do one prediction and just stick to it, or should we do one with Case as the quarterback for the Bills and one as Josh for the quarterback? How I, do you want to play this? I, I, I kind of <laughs> have to do two. <laughs> because like I, have I don't to. because like I, I can't. It's hard on a Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Yep. If we were doing this on a Friday or Saturday, yeah, I hear you. And we knew just a bit more about the information that was coming out. It would make it a lot easier to predict the game. But sure, with the Josh Allen thing, you all right. It's hard Let's do to two. Let's do you know, two. At least for okay. me. At G- least for me. Give the people what they want. They want more score predictions. At least I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I, I get to start because uh, <clears throat> I have the uh, the best record. The best record. Hey, at seven and one. Hey. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Anyway, uh, you're both you're both six and two, right? Yes. We're, we're both, we're six, both and six and two. two. Okay. So anyway, that's that's nice. Uh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's do two. Um, I will start with a if Josh Allen is the quarterback. For the Bills. Um, even if he is playing in this game, he is going to be hobbled no matter what. He'll probably be on some kind of throwing plan if he's playing. I don't imagine, honest to God, they probably even let him throw more than 20 passes, especially with his running capabilities. Um, all indications that his legs are fine, so I would expect a very heavy run attack if he is playing in this game. Um, even with him hobbled, I would still probably have to give the edge to the Bills. He's a hell of a player. It's at home. Um, as far as I can tell, the conditions are actually going to be pretty good for the most part in Buffalo. You know, it can get a, a pretty blustery this time of year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like heavy winds or heavy snow or anything. Should be a pretty average Sunday afternoon out there. So I don't expect the conditions to play too much of a factor. But if Josh Allen is playing in this game, it's hard for us, hard pressed for me to not pick Buffalo just because they're going to be playing a little bit mad. They just got embarrassed on the road to a divisional opponent. Um, a lot of people thought that the AFC East was going to be a cakewalk for them. It is turned out not to be. That division is extremely competitive, and I think the Bills right now are probably getting into the mode like, what the hell? We're the Buffalo Bills. We were coming out here to win this division, no problem, and we're not. No, this isn't okay with us. It's time to turn it on, and, and maybe this is the game to do it. I'm not sure. They're going to get their money's worth out of the Minnesota Vikings, no doubt. This is going to be a very close game. The over-under is 45 and a half. Um, expected pretty good. Uh, yeah, the defense for the Bills is pretty dang good, so it's going to give the Vikings fits, but I still expect the Vikings to get 20 points. Five and a half, five and a half. Okay, I'm going to say if Josh Allen is playing, then the the Bills are going to win 28 to 24. It'll be close. If Case Keenum is playing, though, 
the Vikings are going to win this ballgame, even though, my goodness, if Case Keenum even throws a single touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs, I'm going to be taken back to the Minneapolis Miracle, going to be transported there. <laughs> it would be poetic, actually, if Case Keenum threw a game-winning touchdown to Stefan Diggs <laughs> as time expired in this game. It would be so wonderful, wouldn't it? That would happen if... um. Uh, if if poetry existed all throughout life. Anyway, okay, Case Keenum, if they're starting, the Vikings will win this game. So I said 28-24 if Josh Allen were playing. I'm going to flip that if Case Keenum were playing. I'm going to say the Vikings would win 28-24. So I'm sticking with my scores, just flip-flopping it, depending who the starting quarterback would be. Yeah. Um, this is <laughs> I know it's tough, man. This it's is a tough. weird week for us to do this. It's a, You know, going into this week... Um, I really thought it was no-brainer Bills. I'm not going to lie to y'all because I just feel like the Bills are, at least up until last week, I'm like the Bills are probably the best, if not the second-best team in the league from what they could do on the offensive side of the ball, what they do on defense is special. But, again, with this Josh Allen injury and what we saw them subjected to last week against the Jets, who, again, are great defensively, but their offense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, It makes you look at them a little funny. But, like you said, Jason, that does make a great team angry, though. <laughs> great teams respond very well coming off of L. If Josh Allen plays, it is I, I cannot pick the Vikings in this game. Hmm. If he plays, I can't pick them. Just because I believe that even if he's out there as a decoy, it'll be enough to get by the Minnesota Vikings defense, in my personal opinion. If he's running the ball a little bit more than throwing the ball, if he's only throwing the ball you know, 23 times instead of 30-something times or whatever, I think it'll be enough, given the fact that their defense is so potent. I don't think the Vikings are going to put up a ton of points, whether he, Josh Allen, plays or whether he doesn't, and that's going to be the biggest key in the game. How will the Vikings offense who has been up and down so far this season. They have put up points, don't get me wrong, but they have had moments where they've been a little shaky, weird play calling, kind of just weird stuff going on on the offensive side of the ball. How will they play on the road against a Buffalo Bills team that's top 10 against the rush, top 10 against the pass, mm-hmm. and you know, top five overall? Um, so if Josh Allen plays, I have the Buffalo Bills winning this game probably by a score of 21-17. Oh, wow. Nice. Um. If he does not play, though, Jason, I am with you. I think they have enough, but I still think it's going to be a tight one, though. I think the Vikings put up like, I think it's like 20 to, actually, take that back. I say, yeah, yeah, 20 to 17 if Case Kingdom is the quarterback. Because I don't think Case is going to come out and put up a ton of numbers on the Vikings defense, even though, you know, I've I've been on their but the last couple of weeks about their pass defense. But I think offensively, you know, I, I think I think they'll be able to get it get enough points up on the board to help that defense out if Josh Allen is not available in this game. So Bills if Allen plays, Vikings if Allen does not. Yeah. Which is kind of predictable, but I mean it is what it is. It is what it is. AJ. I've got the same score no matter what. Okay. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick to my gut. <laughs> no matter what, the Vikings are going to win this game. Ooh, not, okay. It's not a 0.0 this time, though. Okay, okay. I would hope that. Uh, I would hope man. not. If anything, I think it's a coin toss. Okay. Even though they're the underdogs. I, Josh Allen, I think it's going to trend worse and worse. <laughs> I think he's going to be hurt even if he plays. He's not going to be slinging it and being as – he's not going to be as free. He's not going to be Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. The offense is not going to be clicking as well. So 
no matter what, Stefan Diggs is already going to be hampered slightly because he can't th- he can't throw it and catch it. Yeah, he's got to only do one. On the other side of things, if Case Keenum comes in, I I love Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Great person. Mm-hmm. We'll always have the Minnesota Miracle. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, who's the QB you'd rather have? Once it, he's, I think he's better than Heineke at times. Yeah. Case? Uh, oh, at, for sure. Better than Heineke? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, definitely yeah, better than Heineke. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely better than Heineke. Yeah. But it, it's still Kirk Cousins. I think, I think it's going to be a, a, a tough sled for this entire weekend. But I'm going to say 23-20 Vikings no matter what. 23-20 no matter what, I like it. It'll How about be that? it'll be a uh, it, it'll be it'll be a a winning field goal by Greg Joseph within the final two minutes. Ooh, okay. I like that from like fifty yards. Does that mm. now? Does that count if I? Well, here's the thing. I don't well, want. I don't want to like call that, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. If that makes sense, it like, won't go against perfect. your record. Awesome. No, no, perfect. no, no. Because right. cool. nobody's no. gonna. It's rare that we're gonna predict that, the actual score. Yes. You know, right? That, and that's just what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm. I'm thinking it'll be probably tied late. Vikings will get the ball. Kirk's gonna do Kirk things, and then. And yeah. yeah. And what what I'll do And what I do cuz we normally post out on Saturdays our score predictions for yeah. the most part. We'll probably know the news by then if Josh yeah. Allen is playing so I can just post whichever ones we picked Makes sense. for that day anyway. So we're good. Listeners are good, but we're recording this on election night, you know. We got we got to it's a contingency plan can I just ask, in case. I, yes. I I hate politics altogether. Oh. Like I'm not a huge fan of it. Is this want, just turned into a garage logic episode? No, no, no. I no, I don't want to talk about I I, I don't <laughs> want to talk it about it at all. I just have a quick question about the process because I don't like put a lot of time. If it's such an important thing, why is it one day? I know furniture stores that have sales on couches longer than the entire country has to go to a ballot and place their votes. Why is it one day? Well, if you got your absentee, you can send it in early. That's I, a good question. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I went. In, I went into the polling station by my house today, and it's it's the committee. I don't know. It's elderly people in the community <laughs> who are more than happy to volunteer their time to do this. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be fine with a day or two extra. It's insane. Just for the sake, like all I hear for months, and I, I. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how pleasant it was to watch Jeopardy today and not have 75 political ads? Oh, my gosh. Oh my. Just to focus on the Jeopardy. Oh, uh, I'm a huge Jeopardy No, guy. seriously, the ads, have just been, the ads have been inundating yeah, and no, terrible. Why, why, why is it only one day? I don't know. Do other countries do it differently? Our election, are not, there election weeks, election I, months? I, I, it has, I don't know. I'm, I, I would like to think there is. Like I know it's Tuesdays because apparently back when... You know, it it got set. It was more convenient for farmers. Oh yes. Why? Why is Tuesday the convenient day for farmers? I'm, the crops don't grow as much on Tuesdays. I don't know. I don't know. It's the middle I'm, of the week. That's inconvenient. I also I, just to preface. I'm not weekend. not preface because I've already said it. But <laughs> just to like clarify, I'm not trying to make a joke. Like sometimes I do. I'm genuinely asking a question. That I'm, I I don't act. I Is Tom Hauser downstairs? Maybe we need to go talk to somebody at KSTP. And also to clarify, I don't actually want to have the conversation. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I, he said, like, I just want to ask it, but I don't want to answer. No, I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Just, Posing it. Yeah. Just a, just a, a genuine thought. Why is it one day? Yeah. Yes. Make it a weekend. Make it an event. 
make it an event. You know, I, I know people that are probably busy today. Yep, send your feedback to the Score North that's, app on, that's all. on everything we're um, saying just yeah. now. But yeah, yeah you know, and, and, and this is not an open invitation to reach out to me on like Twitter and have a political conversation. Okay, I won't do that then. Um, but yeah, anyways I, got, uh, anyways, I got Vikings 2320. <laughs> okay, <laughs> skull. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, uh, we got to move on to some other talk for the sports uh, realm here in Minnesota. The Minnesota Timberwolves artists, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Kind of a frustrating week. They sure they mixed in a win against the uh, lowly Houston Rockets there, but uh, the rest of it was not very ideal. Lost to the Phoenix Suns, a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then last night that loss to the New York Knicks, where it looked like <laughs> looked like nobody showed up to that game. If you ask me, a um, little bit tumultuous still. We're a five and six ball club. There's still plenty of time to turn this around, artists. Obviously, giant offseason moves. Things are still maybe gelling with this team, but. Um, I mean, we, we talked about it with the whole Popeyes incident, and I hate that I even brought it up just now, but in terms of attitude right now with this Timberwolves basketball team, and even Chris Finch said on the on the post-game press conference saying, like, I really don't know who's playing for the team and who's playing for themselves right now. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a little bit of an attitude problem right now uh, with this with this team, and it's uh, finding itself on the court right now, and it's uh, resulting in a couple <clears throat> losses to some teams you probably shouldn't be losing to at least that much. Yeah, uh, it's it's... Like I said, to start the show, they have been very underwhelming so far this season. Mm-hmm. A lot of time left to get this thing right, but it's looking ugly so far, man. I'm not going to lie. Um, the lineup yeah, with sorry. Rudy Gobert, I saw this earlier, and I took a screenshot, and I just want to repeat this on the record, right? This post is by Basketball Forever, verified account, by the way. Um, Pay the eight Minnesota's That's starting... not going to mean too much so soon. <laughs> right, maybe. Not yeah. But... This is facts, though. Yeah, I actually did a double, you know, did a double check. It's like, Poor are you guys serious? Like, okay, wow, like this is an actual, you know, this is serious. Okay, Minnesota's starting lineup has the worst offensive record or offensive rating in the NBA by far mm. at a 95.1. The next worst is the Knicks at mm. 107.7. The lineup right now with Rudy Gobert and Cat is not working. And it's just, it, it, it. It's it, it's hard to it, granted it it's ha- hard to say it's, yeah. it's now now again again don't want to hit the panic button on this thing but so far it's not looking good there's a lot left to be desired in my opinion on both sides of the ball because while you're giving up so much on the offensive side of the ball it really hampers your defense because you're getting killed in transition mm-hmm. that's an issue in itself one of the biggest issues that's happening with the Timberwolves right now is not only the fact that they play some of these games with no energy, no effort, no nothing, mm. right? They're mm-hmm. not getting the loose balls. They're not hustling for rebounds. They're not, you know, playing with a lot of intensity on the defensive side of the ball, which are all things that you need with the kind of lineup that they want to run. It's like in regards to the starting lineup, but maybe even a bigger problem right now is DeAngelo. I was going to bring oh, him up, too. It's, he had such he, a bad week. He averaged like 10 points, shooting in the 30s. And his his three-point shooting is finally... He shot 33% from the field, but he shot 34% from three. Very strange. But the turnovers, just the lack of any rhythm of getting this offense going, and he's the point guard, man. And you know what? Think about the point guards you just played, too. Chris Paul, Jalen Brunson, yeah. uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, you know what? Jalen Green looks really good down in Houston, too. Um, he he looks really good. Um, 
there was a lot left to be desired as a Wolves fan, honestly, watching these other point guards ball on you and stuff and watching what D'Angelo Russell is doing right now. His player efficiency rating is still just down there in the dumps with pretty much the worst of the players on the team right now. It's not averaging out right now. Um, man, it's not. I, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do because, I mean, I don't want to, again, I don't want to hit the panic button. I'm not saying here, oh, we got to trade him now and we should trade him. Beca- well, <laughs> that, look you, that look you just gave me through the glass right there. <laughs> okay, well, well, Art says, well, it's uh, worth thinking about right now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not willing to pull that trigger yet is what I'm saying, but... If things don't change here, he is on an expiring deal. Yes. It's appealing to any team like, you know, any team that's trying to tank this year, pretty much. Um, you you could trade him if you wanted to. You, you'd get a decent return. You'd probably get a decent player back, um, maybe a draft pick or two. Um, yeah, it's becoming more and more apparent that this is something that has to be monitored. I mean, Jordan McLaughlin is still outplaying a man. They're a better team say, with J-Mac on the floor still. Jordan McLaughlin. And we're 10 games in. J-Mac, like, J-Mac is literally, he's probably the best point guard on this team right now. <laughs> I mean, the way he's able to facilitate the offense, run the pick and roll, he's he's not awful defensively. You know, he can make certain plays defensively. He just plays with a certain energy and effort that D'Lo is lacking at the moment, and he's also just 10 times more efficient with the basketball. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Timberwolves need a floor general in order to make this work. They don't need a scoring guard. And no. D'Lo, whether we want to admit it or not, is more of a scoring guard than he is a facilitating point guard. That's just what it is. And it's in this Bucks game, fifteen shot, fifteen shots went up. He made three. He went two of eight from the three point line. In the in the um, Knicks game, what is this? Four of twelve. Yeah. Four of ten from the three point line. And then in the in the game against the the Suns, what is this? Two of eight from the field. One of one of three for three. Yeah. Like it's it's. If you're going to be a scoring guard, at least be efficient. But the fact is, he's a scoring guard. is what he knows, and he's not playing efficient yep. basketball. He's shooting the lowest percentage from the field. He shot his entire career yep. so far this year. Not even so as bad far. as the Laker days. Not even that I bad. I forget that he used to be on yes. the Lakers. Yes. You probably want he's to, too. Also, his points per game, yeah. His points <laughs> per game also is down all the way back to his rookie year. He's averaging, what, 13.5? Yeah. His rookie year, he averaged 13.2, and they haven't been that low again since his rookie year, and 37.9% from the field. And sure, they have never yeah. been that low. And look, I understand when you bring in, in any NBA context, when you bring in a superstar, and Rudy Gobert is a superstar, um, sure, like you expect, you know, maybe the not as bigger players to take maybe slighter roles or steps back and something like that. But here's the thing with Rudy, and this is actually one thing I want to bring up, and um, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was uh, maybe the Milwaukee game or um, maybe the night before. Uh, Rudy, I understand that you average like eight shots per game. I totally understand that, man. I get that. Like You were brought in here not necessarily for all your offensive intangibles, but mostly for your defensive ones. But my man, if I ever see a box score again where I see you go 0 for 1 and you play 30 minutes... No, 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 yeah. no. I, I understand you are not here to shoot shots. I get it, Rudy. But 0 for 1 in 30 minutes. No, you average 8. I, I need more than that, man. Right? That's not asking too much. It's not. Get to at least 5 or something like that. You should, but you should be able to get at least maybe 10 points a game yeah. off of offensive rebounds and putbacks mm-hmm. every game. Yeah. I mean, he's he's manning the paint every game. He's never required to come outside of the paint. Yeah, hopefully he comes back. Point, really, yeah. hopefully he comes back too. I know he's still in health and safety protocols, and yeah. he hasn't been uh, in the in the 
playing for them the last couple of games, so hopefully we can get him back. Uh, yeah, it's just been, yeah, I don't know. And like, and I know like some people are criticizing Ant now about kind of just standing around and being a little bit too passive. I know there was a video circulating on Twitter of it was just so obvious and clear. Like, I think the caption was, is it pretty obvious that this play wasn't designed for Ant? And Ant's literally standing there, standing hands the on hips, yeah. which I mean, whatever, like, Sure, like Ant's not going to be involved in every single play on offense, and in fact, you probably don't want him to. You don't want that to be the case too. But like, no, nah, whenever you do the hands on the hips kind of thing, when you're in the when you're yeah. 21 year old, it's just like ah, come on, man. Um, the trend that we are seeing now this week, though, and it's one that kind of makes me a little bit sad. Even though he is still technically starting, we are starting to see the minutes decline for Jaden McDaniels. He is no longer playing minutes in the 30s. He's down in the teens now. High teens. He did play 30 um, in that first game where Rudy was out in the health and safety protocols. But then yesterday um, against the Knicks, he was back down into the high teens. Well, Kyle Anderson is coming off the bench and and giving you everything you need from the standpoint of like he's helping facilitate and running the offense. He's helping the offense be more efficient. He's not amazing defensively, but at the same time, he's getting all the hustle points. He's he's getting to the loose balls. Like he just seems like more of a a veteran, dare I say. Yeah. He's more of a veteran. He's more of an experienced guy that's giving you a different punch in the starting lineup at times. And I don't want to see Jaden McDaniels hit the bench. I don't, because I want him to be a starter for this basketball team. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna get to a point in the season where your best players have to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. So whether that is Jaden McDaniels and J-Mac at the point guard position with Ant and Cat and, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have to put your best players on the floor. The Western Conference is a loaded conference right mm-hmm. now. I think the Timberwolves are sitting, what, in like 10th place, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, somewhere they, around in there? Yeah, they're, they're, and they're again, either in the play-in or they're out right now. Very, very early in the season. Very, very early. I think they're still, what, 73, 72, somewhere around in there. Games left to be played. Schedule does not get easier, but though, it doesn't. Up, man. It doesn't get easier, and the thing about the At NBA all. is you don't want to get buried early either. Yes, you don't, you know— you don't want to put too much stock into winning a ton of games early because then you could, you know, lose a bunch in a row. But at the same time, you don't want to get buried and be fighting from behind to get, you know, a, a, a get a high seed in the standings later on in the season either. You kind of want to stay within that middle, you know, top seven, top six, and then towards the end kind of make your run, you know, catch that momentum going into the postseason. Yeah. And right now, like I said, it's just – it's it's yeah, it's not pretty, man. It, it was – so far for me, there has been positives – but it's mm-hmm. also kind of your worst nightmare for them to look the way they've looked with Rudy Gobert on the floor. They look better without him on the basketball floor because they're going small, which is something that yeah. the entire league is doing. And last thing before you go really quick, yeah. I know a lot of people are talking about how well Anthony Edwards is playing and all of that. And he's averaging, you know, 22 points a game. You know, he's got assists up or I'm sorry, his his rebounds are up and. You know, his his shooting percentage is up and he's averaging a tick more in the points category a game. Mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all right now, for what the Minnesota Timberwolves are looking to accomplish, 22.3 points a game is not enough. Not right now. It is not enough. In order for them to be a Western Conference contender or Western Conference Finals type of team, he's got to be averaging somewhere around 25 to 26 shooting the same amount of percentages uh, a game. Yep. Yep. Easily, he he, ha- he has to take yeah. a leap. It can't just be one point. No, Anthony Edwards has to take a leap. And I know some people are like, "You're so hard on him." No, it's because we've seen what he can do, yep. especially in the postseason. At this point, now people are expecting excellence, yep. and that is what is needed to take this team to the next level. You can't bring up Shaq and Kobe, Cat. 
and well, expect. That was, that was cat, not I mean, Ant, but, but either way, I mean, still, it's not like it's Ant there. came out and said, whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. No, nope. you know yeah, what I mean? So, hey, at the true. end of the day, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's, he, they got, he's got to elevate a little bit more. Yeah. So they got the Suns, Grizzlies, Cavs, and th- th- those are the games they're going to play before we'll probably talk to you next year on Taxi Squad. He, got, he can't lose all three of those. You really can't. You're, and, and some of you these just games can't. are going to lose. I mean, the Bucks and the Suns, I mean, they're great basketball have the Bucks teams. Lo- has teams, they, have the Bucks lost yet? No, Bucks aren't defeated. Unbelievable. So some of these games you're going to lose in general, yeah. but you would just um, hope they would look a little better. And the last thing before we move on to some hockey talk, the Wild only played one game, so we don't have a ton of hockey to talk, but still, I was kind of going through, I was wondering why Jane McDaniels has one of the lowest player efficiency ratings on the team. He has. It's even lower than D'Lo, which is very surprising. And uh, if by looking at just the general stats, Jane McDaniels is shooting 55% from the field. So you're like, what? How is this possible? And I found it doing the digging. He has been a terrible defensive rebounder this season. He was averaging 11.8 rookie year, 11.5 last year. This year, he is down to 5.7, more than half his usual statistical season outlook. Why that is, I have no idea. But he has become. I I guess two bigs. I I guess less rebounds for him, but still, it's. But that's the that's the percentage though. That's the efficiency rating though. So he's just he's just not he's not doing good. And so I was wondering, like, why is this player efficiency rating so low? And I was digging through, like, wait, no, his field goal percentage is good. This is good. Oh, there's the outlier uh, right there. All right, moving on to a little hockey talk. Uh, the Wild only played one game uh, this week, a 4-0 loss. Nil. This isn't soccer. I don't know why I said nil. 4-0 <laughs> <laughs> loss. I miss Minnesota United FC. That's why. Um, and so, uh, yeah, loss to the Seattle Kraken, who, even though long-term season outlook, don't really expect a lot of big things from the Kraken. They're playing pretty good right now. I believe they're second in the Pacific right now, points-wise. Maybe that'll even out a little bit. But kind of a slow week for hockey. Again, just get the one game. But here's the thing. The Wild might get some guys back. Looks like Jordan Greenway's getting back in the lineup. Uh, did Marcus Felino make it into the cracking game, or is he going to be coming back here pretty soon? I know he's going to be on the mend here very shortly, so hopefully the Wild will be getting some uh, much-needed pieces coming back. But you know what? Otherwise, some other guys have stepped in really well. Uh, uh, this Mason Shaw guy uh, has kind of been the uh, story a little bit of the season so far in terms of just a guy that kind of come out of nowhere. What is he? I think he tore his ACL like three times or something like that. And now he's just like making rounds in the NHL and doing pretty good on the, for the wild. So, um, yeah. What are your thoughts over the, just the last week, fellas? Well, you know, it wasn't the best game against Seattle, um, but they have a couple important games on this West Coast swing. They're actually just now getting started against uh, against the Kings. Nine, mm. nine thirty seven puck drop. Perfect. <laughs> for me, just for me, for no one else. I hate that so much. I know. I'm sorry. And what? It's like an exclusive ESPN Plus game, yep, too. So it's yep. not even on the regional networks. Yep. So we can't even watch it right now. Yep. Okay, there's that. Tremendous. Um, but yeah, no, Mason Shaw has been awesome. But uh, the problem is people are just still getting hurt. Like Hartman's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenway finally getting back in. So good to see him tonight. Uh, he is on the line with Erickson Eck and Boldy. Um, cool. It, it, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. That being said, we got Joe Cramarosa who is uh, filling in for Duhame. Excuse okay. me, uh, Brandon Duhame. Um, they did recall Adam Beckman, oh. which I am excited for. Yeah, uh, cool. because Adam Beckman shoots the puck. Mm-hmm. He shoots the puck and he scores goals, and he he plays gritty. He 
he's a guy that it's hard to not root for him uh, just with how he plays and kind of his attitude and all that stuff. So uh, we'll have to see maybe if he gets a nod here at some point on the road trip or maybe they're going to bring him back or it was just a cautionary. They had to call him up for the sake of just having guys. Uh, but, you know, Middleton, Spurgeon, Brody, Brody and Dumba have been less than ideal. I'm not going to say they've been bad. Yeah. Uh, some people would say they've been bad. I'm going to say they've been less than ideal because Brodeen had he's he's been playing some rough hockey recently. Mm, yeah, you know, being 100% honest, and Dumba's just had a slow start to the season just because he it's a contract year and I think everybody is like you know, everybody expects in a contract year people usually up their game because they want that new contract and they want the millions of dollars. Um and right now he's on the hook for six million uh, for the Wild for the remainder of the season. A lot of people are expecting him to be a trade uh, trade bait guy come the trade deadline. Some people are saying, well, maybe they'll extend him. Um, right now, I'm not sure <laughs> what they'd want to do with him. Uh, so it, it, he's either got to make the decision of I'm going to be not great and you guys won't get too good of a return. On the other side of things, I'll play better. And then, you know, he's going to eventually get paid more money. But then the Wild are then in a pickle of, okay, do we want to right. extend this guy or now we can trade him? So, and that's the thing for for the Met, it, it seems like it's one side or the other. I've never met somebody like in the middle who's like, yeah, Dumba's all right. You know, sometimes he's bad, sometimes he's good. <laughs> it's either I like him, I love him, I love what he brings to the power play. He's got a cannon of a shot. I love that he's offensive. I love that he is a vocal leader in the locker room. On the other side of things, He's the worst defender of all time, and you know I, I I hate how he takes all these dumb penalties and all that blah mm-hmm. blah blah. I even the even the the guys who on the other side of things don't like Matt Dumba. I I for the longest time have been a fan of Matt Dumba. I I have defended him. Mm-hmm. He's testing me a little bit right now because it's been a slow start. <laughs> but even if you don't like him, you have you you have to be rooting for him to play better. Solely so that the Wild then, if they do make the decision to trade him, they get a better return. So stop rooting against him. Start encouraging him. And maybe maybe, maybe you, you know, saying a couple nice things is going to be the difference maker. But, um, you know, it's... Send him a send him a nice card or something like that. I, like, like Dumba, it, you're doing great. I have no idea. Maybe that would. I I know he's on Instagram. You know, often yeah. enough, and he's he's a young enough guy. He, he <laughs> he's on social media, so maybe he looks at that. Maybe he doesn't. I I'm not sure. But um, you know, Kaprizov's been great. Boldy's yep. been Boldy's been tremendous. Uh, uh, Boldy's been tremendous. Yeah. This is a guy who I didn't expect to be as good as he's been, but he has been. Exactly what the Wild have needed to be competitive. The issue that they had that slow start, and then they've had ups and downs. They've played really every type of hockey because, and I mean, what I mean by that is they've played games where they look terrible and they don't get a result. Right. And they've looked terrible, and somehow they get points. Mm-hmm. And they've looked great, but they somehow lose. <laughs> and they've looked great, and they've dominated from start to finish. They've played every type of hockey. I just want more of the good stuff. Just right. keep, just keep things moving. Um, and Boldy on that second line, uh, he that's been the biggest thing because you lost that one-two punch with Fiala. Uh, but Boldy stepped in. He's been awesome. Mm. And the power play. The power play looks tremendous. It still does. That, yep. that is probably the biggest Except thing for, that yeah. I have been so pleased with with this team from a total, total swing last year where it was I would have rathered last season. It, it, I would have rather they had just, okay, we're going to take two minutes off the clock and we just go back five to five. 
just go back to five on five hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, when they go on the power play, I'm like, okay, we're creative. <laughs> we are moving the puck with high chance opportunities. We're moving, at, we're getting the defense out of position. We're testing the goalie. It's it looks good. The power, power play unit one is yep. the main one that has been uh, wowing me. Uh, the second unit is more out there just to give yeah. the first unit a breather. But uh, no, I, you, the fact that they've been capitalizing on that is great because it, it, when you think about it, the opposition is going to give anywhere from two to four on average, on an average night, power plays. Mm-hmm. Depends on how d- disciplined the team. If we say that's three and you're looking three to four ish. If you're converting at like a twenty to twenty five ish percent, that's good, almost good for like a goal a game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you can have a decent power play, you're gonna at least give yourself a chance in most nights to be in a somewhat of a winning position. So, the the, the bad part is that I've seen also nights where the Wild just take the worst of the worst penalties. Like why? Yes. Why? Why are you like tripping right bo- that guy yep. right there who's five feet away from the play? Right before not, the end of periods. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not good. Um, so yeah, you know, like I said, it'll be a fun week. We'll have to see what they do. Uh, fun in the sense of they're playing hockey again. Yes, not in the sense of the start times, because as I pull this up, yeah, no, we'll just, have uh, just five games to break down next week: Kings, Ducks, Kraken, Sharks, Preds. Mm-hmm. Yep, all five games through uh, Tuesday. That Preds game will be going on when we probably record next week. Beautiful. Yeah, um, Dumba does take kind of a bad rep simply because yes, he's has obviously the history of uh, taking dumb penalties. Maybe getting injured in certain situations where he definitely shouldn't have got injured. Don't punch Matthew Tatchuk or whatever, how you pronounce his name. Um, and he also gives, uh, he he has given up big plays <laughs> a few times too. And But you're right, he does get a little bit of a bad rep. I do love, actually though, um, just the start that Yule Eriksson has gotten off to. His scoring is up 33% this year. Um, he has nine points through 11 games. And I believe he only had six points through 11 games last year. So... That's a nice little clip, especially because of the injury bug that's been play, plaguing this team a little bit. Um, he has been kind of very sturdy with um, uh, at the center position, and obviously the center is kind of a position that a lot of Wild fans are monitoring all the time. Yule has just kind of just been doing his thing, even at an, a better clip than he normally is, and he's helped kind of like sustain this offense just a little bit by actually providing more of a spark than maybe what you usually get from a guy like Ewell Erickson X. So I would love it if he gets keep that up because right now he's he's like in line right now to be, uh, he's like projected at 68 points. He, that's kind of along the line like the Ryan O'Reilly's of the world, the Thomas Hurdles, the Patrice Bergeron's, you know what I mean? If Ewell Erickson X could get to those guys kind of numbers, that would be absolutely ideal. Um, and what is he? He's only in the second year of that eight-year contract, so he has plenty of time to uh, figure that out. So, yeah, we'll see what happens um, in the next week. Like you said, AJ, there's actually hockey to be played, and that's the biggest thing. Very, I don't know how the schedule shaked out that way. One game in a whole calendar <laughs> week, I don't really know, and uh, they didn't win. They got shut out, so not a whole lot to break down. Uh, but we've been on the air for about you know, hour 15 or something like that. we probably got to start wrapping it up. Uh, Artis, I'll let you be the man to do that because you opened the show. Well, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Taxi Squad. It has been fun. It has been fun. It has been fun. But it is time for us to go home. I have to eat dinner. I'm a little tired. It's been a long day. I'm not sure if these guys have ate already yet. I had Taco Bell breakfast this morning. Hey, 
if you guys haven't, you guys are welcome to the Woods Residence. I'll Ooh. say that. Come over oh. for dinner. Hey, my right shift's it. about to start. There though. Go. Oh, dang! Can oh, you bring me a plate? Sucks to be Jason. Can you bring me a plate? <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to I the agree. Taxi Squad. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>